Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envy.
Mario's eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening as we broadcast around the world. Friday night, January 14th, 2022, into Saturday, the day of Saturn, January 15th, 2022. The Secret Teachings broadcasting through the Fringe FM, TalkStream Live, and the Paranormal Radio app. All three that you can download for free to your mobile device. Also, if you have Spotify, Apple Podcast, or any number of podcast applications, you can listen to The Secret Teachings now on all of those applications. You can go to our website at thesecretteachings.info, click on the free show archive at the top left of the page, and you'll see a drop-down menu. Bring up The Secret Teachings Archive and our weekend show, TST Weekends, which will air tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Pacific on Aftermath FM. If you click on either one of those archives, you'll see the full list of shows on our website. You can listen to those shows for free. They will have some advertisements in them, though. But you can listen for free on an embedded player on our website. Or you have an option to copy and paste the link that is on the website. It's a Spreaker RSS feed link. And you can put that right into your podcast player. Not all podcast players do this, but I know Apple does. That's the big one. And it'll give you direct access to the shows, and you won't have to go to the website or anything like that. It'll give you right, uh, a direct access right to the show through your application on your phone, mobile device, etc. Or you can simply click one of the many links on the website for free and listen to the show that way. You can also download the show. It just will have those advertisements in it. So that's the free archive. And if you want to get rid of those advertisements, if you want to support the show, And if you'd like to get access to a lot more than the archive, you can subscribe to the show. All you do is click on the subscribe tab and you'll see a list of the things that you get. You'll be able to download and stream every show without outside advertisements. You'll get a website login and you'll be able to log into the show archive that goes back far uh, further than the free archive. It goes back many, many years. You'll get access to the montage archive, all the montages we play on the show and the digital book archive, you'll be able to read and download those as well. And you'll get an RSS feed like the free feed, except this RSS feed that you plug into Apple or whatever will allow you to listen to the show without those advertisements. So subscribers get a lot more than the free archive. And you know that you're supporting this show and keeping us on air going on 12 and a half, 13 years now. We've been on air a very, very long time since 2009, professionally for about six years. And it's because of listeners like you who subscribe, who buy books. That's what keeps us on air. That's what keeps us going. So please visit www.thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe today or just grab a copy of one of the books. I've got the new copies in of Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and the Technological Elixir. I've got those here in studio. I can autograph those and send a copy of those books out as soon as possible. Free shipping in the United States. All you do is go to the website, donate the cost of the book, and send me an email, and we'll get that copy out to you. 
That email is rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. We are not taking phone calls tonight, but the normal phone call number is 520-367-2064. 520-367-2064. And if you'd like to contact the show by mail, you can contact us by sending a letter or by sending a package if you'd like to send us something to P.O. Box 85723. That's P.O. Box 85723, Tucson, Arizona, 85. 85- 754-5723. I'm not sure if you have to add the extra numbers. The post office told me to do that. Most of the time, I've just gotten away with P.O. Box 85723, Tucson, Arizona, and it should get there uh, accurately. That's on the website under the About page. So now that you know everything there is to know about the show and how to support us and where you can listen, even if you're not a subscriber, I can tell you what I've prepared for the broadcast this evening. Last night, a friend of mine who has been on the show before, Derek the Night Stalker, he sent me, as he normally does, he sent me a message in Facebook Messenger. And uh, I opened it up, and it was about, uh, it was basically an episode of Seinfeld. It was, it was about a, a pig man, a, a man who had received a genetically modified pig heart in the world's first official transplant. And Although back in October of last year, surgeons in New York transplanted a pig's kidney into a person. This is the first time a heart has been transplanted into a human being. Now, the man who had this heart transplant, Mr. Bennett, they're not sure if he's, he's going to live. He had terminal heart disease. And uh, doctors at the University of Maryland Medical Center were granted a very special uh, dispensation by the U.S. medical regulator to carry out the procedure. And they did, uh, they did this, and they were able to acquire this, this approval on the basis that Mr. Bennett would otherwise have died. So they were allowed to carry out what amounts to an experiment. And uh, the reason that they had to use the pig heart is because the man was ineligible for a human transplant, mostly because he was in, in such poor health that he was going to die anyway. So... They were able to get the approval to use this, this pig heart. But it's not just a pig heart. It's not just a pig man. It's, it's also a genetically modified pig heart. And it's genetically modified because the, 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 the genes in the heart otherwise might have negatively affected the body or the body might have negatively reacted to the pig heart. It is a pig heart. It is a foreign body. And so uh, rather than just the typical course of immunosuppressants, they genetically altered the pig and then harvested the organ and placed it into the body. This has been done for real, but this was theoretical until this happened. They did do it with a pig's kidney back in October of 2021 in New York. But they were able to do this with a genetically modified heart. So it's not just a course of immunosuppressant drugs and you get a monkey heart, you know, or you get some, some you, know, uh, you know, organ from another animal. This is a genetically modified animal that is then harvested, sacrificed for the betterment of humanity. And the human being that gets this, this organ, in this case, Mr. Bennett, He's not really expected to live that long, but it signifies to the scientific and the medical community 
that a lot can be done with what is what is being called a xenotransplantation. And so what they're saying is they've got the ability now to genetically modify animals. And the whole point of genetically modifying them is so that the, the organs will not be rejected as, as aggressively or as easily by the recipient of those organs. But they can genetically modify the animal, in this case a pig, take the heart out of the pig, put it into a human, and I'm sure that this guy's on a, on a, a number of, of various immunosuppressant drugs and other drugs, but it limits the intake of those drugs because it's genetically modified so that the body doesn't reject it. And when I read about this, I thought it, it's a very similar argument to genetic modification as, uh, as per how it applies to food. So, for example, when you hear people like Neil deGrasse Tyson and people like Bill Nye, the science guy, and you hear all these, you know, uh, uh, like you see news publications that are pro-genetically modified foods and you hear all the PR about it and, and, and you hear the, the fear about it and the, and, and the lack of understanding, it exists on both sides. And when you hear about this, you, you always hear about how genetically modified foods are really a positive development in technology because they can save mankind from droughts. They can save mankind from uh, various types of maybe plant diseases, etc. Obviously, they're not addressing how those droughts are caused in the first place, and most of those droughts are caused because of man-made agricultural overstepping in the natural environment, uh, not properly maybe rotating crops, too many cash crops that are just corn, 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 soy, 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 depleting the soil of its nutrients and drying the ground out until the point where there is a drought. And then blaming it on climate change as opposed to a, a, a subsidized uh, program to grow large, vast quantities of, of very specific foods over and over and over again until the soil is depleted. They blame that on climate change. But they say that there's a solution to this, and that is in genetically modifying plants and even genetically modifying animals as well, but genetically modifying plants so that these plants can withstand the chemicals that are needed to uh, you know, withstand the onslaught of, of insects and, and, and various you know, types of uh, you know, critters that might you know, eat their leaves and uh, compromise a, a crop, particularly a cash crop, you know, because organic farming practices and, and, and sustainable agricultural practices don't need chemicals, but chemical companies are manufacturing these chemicals, and they're also responsible for the genetically engineered plants. So they go hand in hand, and the more that you use, the more that you spray, of course, insects and weeds become resistant, so you have to spray more. So it's, it's a cash cow is what it is. But the idea that it is somehow sustainable to the environment is bizarre because you're spraying all these chemicals. That's not sustainable in any, in any way, shape, or form. Anybody can tell you that. So what you'll be told by the scientists and what you'll be told by the media and what you'll be told by these press releases and PR stunts is that genetically modified foods are good because they can actually reduce the spraying of herbicides, pesticides, insecticides, etc., and maybe you're wondering, well, how are they reducing it if you have to use more because weeds and insects become resistant? And the, and, the, and, the, and the question is a really good question. The answer is even a better answer. The answer is 
they've genetically engineered the plants not just to be resistant to certain chemicals, insecticides, herbicides, pesticides. They've engineered the plants to produce their own chemicals by splicing the genes together of different plants, animals, insects, and God knows what else. And that's a major distinction that always should be made when having a discussion about genetically modified foods, genetically modified crops, etc. I wrote a book called Food Philosophy. And although the book might sound boring to some of you who wants to read about the philosophy of food, uh, the book covers a lot more than just just food. It it covers uh, germ theory. It covers uh, the Black uh, Death uh, very briefly and describes how comets and asteroids and things like that may contribute to disease on Earth more so than pathogens. Uh, things like ammonia in, in, in comets that uh, it gets into the atmosphere and makes people sick and nauseous. And, 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 of course, the word influenza comes from the stars, the influence of the stars, the influenza, the influenza. So in this book, though, I documented the difference between a pesticide producer and a plant that is genetically modified to resist those chemicals because there is a big difference. The pesticide producers produce their own pesticides. An herbicide resistor just, just resists the, 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 the toxins. Um, pesticide producers actually have their own. Pesticide producers are producing their own pesticides. It, it, it's, it's the genetics are embedded within the genes of the plants. Now, that, that, that might sound like that's, that's a great idea, and it's necessary. Just engineer the toxin into the DNA of a plant, and when insects eat it, they'll die. Or rather, their stomachs will explode. And a lot of scientists and, and researchers and uh, groups, um, there's a lot of groups, I don't really want to name one in particular, but um, like Moms Across America, for, for example, we've, we've interviewed the, uh, the woman that runs that before. Um, and Moms Across America is a great example because they've, they've documented, as so many others have documented, that when insects eat these kinds of plants, their stomachs will, will actually explode. And that this could have the same effect not only in animals, but in humans as well. And as a matter of fact, uh, things like leaky gut syndrome and things like allergic reactions to, uh, to common uh, things like wheat that have absolutely exploded in the past few decades since genetically engineered crops were introduced and, and chemicals have been used increasingly in, 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 a, in, a, um, in a more widespread application everywhere, more and more chemicals and different kinds of chemicals and different chemical reactions in the environment, et cetera, et cetera, that uh, these, these chemicals that are causing and, and this genetic alteration that's causing the insect stomachs to essentially erode and to, to pop, to, to explode, it's you know, kind of gross, but to, to explode... It's happening in animals and in humans, and it might not be as dramatic of, a, of an effect in humans, but if it is has, having any effect, it might be what is allowing food particles, for example, into the bloodstream. So having, a, 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 having these particles get into the bloodstream, an, an allergist would tell you, at least, you know, I'm not an allergist, but generally speaking, I get the concept, your body sees these foreign particulates as something that is a threat. So you know, if you ate wheat and you were fine, if that starts to get into the bloodstream and that starts to leak through the gut, then your body starts to see that wheat 
as something that is a threat or it could be, you know, soy or corn or whatever it is, whatever that you're allergic to. For a lot of people, it's wheat. And, and of course, there's a difference between people that are allergic to wheat, people that have celiac disease, people that are gluten intolerant. You know, the numbers are pretty small for those for those groups. I think a lot more people I know a lot more people are allergic to wheat as opposed to being gluten intolerant or being celiac. But we've had uh, digestive problems um, I mean, just circumstantial evidence. I, I've never, I've never met so many people with digestive problems. Uh, in all the years I've done this, the last like three or four years, so many people have developed digestive problems. And the idea is that it's coming from these pesticide-producing plants, and 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 how it's such in widespread use. You, even if you eat organic, you cannot be ensured that that is providing you with you know, the, 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 the purest, if you will, form of, of, of produce. So the idea uh, that allergies can be caused by genetically modified foods is mocked, it's scoffed at, it's laughed at by, uh, you know, biotechnology companies who, just like a lawyer, they use legalese and diversionary methods to be like genetically modified crops do not cause allergies. How could eating something that's genetically modified cause allergies? That doesn't make any sense. Well, maybe it doesn't have anything to do with the process of genetic engineering so much as it has to do with what you're engineering into the DNA of the plant that's then causing the stomachs of insects. Admittedly, this is that's why they did it, to explode and then not thinking that could have any effect, especially when consumed in quantities, small or large consumed consistently over years or decades, how could that not have an effect on the stomach at the very least? And how could that not cause certain things, especially like wheat, to become allergens? And, and so this is what, this is what uh, researchers, authors, scientists, this is what uh, uh, people that are more like activists, this is what people that are studying this intently this is what they're saying. This is what we're, we're, we're finding when we research this. Otherwise, we know that companies that manufacture chemicals want to sell chemicals. And there's a huge conflict of interest that a chemical company says that they want to stop spraying chemicals by introducing pesticide producers to save the environment for which their chemicals have been instrumental in wrecking. So are they going to do what oil companies do and say, we've got technologies to capture carbon? We've got technologies to capture carbon so that we can divert public attention away from the pollution that things like oil spills cause. And this is what genetically engineered plants are being used for. This is what pesticide producers and herbicide resistors are being used for. We need to save the climate. No question of why the climate might be destroyed, why the crops might be dying, why the ground you know, is, is infertile. No, none of those questions. Just we have to save it. There's a problem. So introduce herbicide resistors. Let's spray a bunch of chemicals. But then when people ask us, how can you spray chemicals as a means of sustainability? We say, well, actually, these plants resist those chemicals because we've engineered them into the chemicals. But that's a different plant. That's a pesticide producer as opposed to an herbicide resistor. It's kind of like the difference between a self-driving car and a driverless car. A self-driving car, you can get into, shut the door, drive the car, and it'll also park itself and drive itself a little bit. And, you know, you might have, you can take your hands off of it on the interstate, you know, for a few minutes, put it on, you know, autopilot. But a driverless car means you get in it and you won't be able to have access to the car. There's a huge difference. Driverless, 
self-driving, self-driving driverless, pesticide producers, herbicide resistors. Herbicide resistors require more and more chemicals, and when the chemical companies that bioengineered these types of things are called out by activists and scientists and researchers and just people that ask common sense questions like, how can you produce chemicals in such large quantities and then claim that that is sustainable by dumping those into the environment and the companies say, wait, 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 wait. We've got a, we've got a solution to this problem. Pesticide producers. These produce their own pesticides so we don't have to spray chemicals. But don't worry, these are perfectly safe to consume even though we've engineered them to literally detonate the stomachs of insects. It won't have any effect on humans, though. So this is the method by which the the issue of climate change is being used by biotechnology companies and chemical companies, usually one and the same, to take control legally to patent things in nature by altering them and considering them intellectual property and then dumping large amounts of chemicals and spreading altered genetic codes into the environment that they own that are dangerous, that are meant to literally detonate the, the, the insides, the intestines, the stomachs of insects. They're supposed to, to rip the stomach apart so the insect dies. They're doing that as a solution to climate change a solution that even if, let's say, climate change was exactly what we said it was, there has to be some responsibility, some culpability put on these biotechnology companies that, that, that even just, just in, you know, under the, the claims that they make, that, that we are sustainable when you dump chemicals everywhere and then your response to that is actually we engineer the chemicals, we engineer the toxins into the plants. Well, you do do that, but you also engineer chemicals and plants that are resistant to those chemicals and then dump them everywhere. That is not sustainable. And so when people say genetically engineered foods are a solution to the climate crisis, that's completely and absolutely asinine. Because it's, it's very similar to what the G7 summit said about nuclear technology. We need nuclear technology to replace clean burning coal. We need nuclear technology to replace virtually all forms of technology. How can nuclear technology, which is so incredibly dangerous dangerous from Fukushima to Chernobyl to Three Mile Island, be environmentally sustainable? How can chemicals dumped in the environment be sustainable? And how can those be solutions to the climate crisis? Unless you realize a large majority of what we call the climate crisis is manufactured and these companies are profiting from it. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. www.thesecretteachings.info. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. It's the month of Janus and the year of the tiger 2022. Here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is The Secret Teachings Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the name and start listening today for free. But if you want to avoid those annoying ads, head on over to thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. It's got old shows, new shows, and you can also download Ryan's digital books. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? The end of the world? 
If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of my research in your hands, visit our website and grab physical and digital copies of my books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, theology, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. And food philosophy might just change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Remember, shipping is always included with the books. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and get your copy today. The Secret Teachings is now on Gab and Getter. Search Ryan Gable on both to find the show or stick with The Secret Teachings in the Metaverse. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Do you have everything you need to explore The Secret Teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? Hey, this is Charlie Robinson, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is David Icke from davidike.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Ryan Gable, your host. This is the Secret Teachings Radio. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has a new labeling law for genetically modified foods. It went into effect on January 1st. And it's been uh, it's been published in a few different newspapers, a couple of different articles I've read about it. It's been a long time coming. And uh, the new law basically says that Foods that were labeled as containing genetically engineered ingredients or genetically modified organisms, GMOs, now have to be labeled as bioengineered. Or they have to come with a phone number or a QR code guiding consumers to more information online. So it is now a law that businesses have to put this on their package. It has to say bioengineered. It has to have a phone number or it has to have a QR code. So I guess it's a positive thing because for a lot of people, they use the QR codes and it can tell them that information. Uh, they can call a phone number and get information. But at the same time, I don't know if it really 
has much of, a, of, a, of an effect because it's been so long that genetically modified foods have been on the marketplace and so long that the public has been uninformed and then misinformed and disinformed on the subject that most people, I feel, this is totally circumstantial. This is my experience. Most people, I feel, don't really care. Now, I don't care personally whether you eat a cheeseburger and a milkshake or if you eat tacos five nights a week or you, you munch on lettuce. Uh, that, to me, is irrelevant. Personally, I'm a plant-based guy. Personally, it saved my life. I don't think if, if I wouldn't have had a plant-based diet by choice, nobody told me that, nobody taught me that, I didn't read it anywhere, I just started eating that way because it made me feel better, I feel as if I would have had a heart attack by now because I've always had, I've always had uh, some heart issues. In fact, I couldn't play a, a, a lot of basketball in high school. And it was one of the major things that prevented me from going to college to play basketball because I had a heart condition. But that heart condition has essentially been reversed by the way that, that I've eaten. So I don't have to get the pig heart. You know, I don't have to get the monkey heart. My heart is a lot better now because of, of what I've eaten. But I don't care what you eat. I don't care if it's a cheeseburger or if it's lettuce. I don't care what you eat. I, I don't care what you think about it. The, the, the whole idea here is companies have genetically engineered plants claiming that this is to prevent drought. It is to prevent uh, uh, um, the instability of the agricultural system, uh, of the climate, and uh, of the economy. And not just in the United States, but around the world where genetically modified foods are not as welcomed as they are here in the United States. And it's been so long since these products have you know, been on the market that most people, the only thing they've heard of them is that these, these are meant to feed the world. That's what they always tell you. This food is here to feed the world. At least that's what Monsanto, now owned by Bayer, says, that it's all about feeding the world. That's their goal. They don't want anybody to go hungry. But, you know, the thing is, these products have been on the market for a very, very long time. And the last time I checked, people are still going hungry. And not only are people still going hungry, hundreds of millions of people are starving to death. More people have starved, death, uh, starved to death uh, in the last uh, year than the year prior to that. And the year prior to that, uh, from what I've been reading, from the United Nations, uh, millions more people have starved to death or have been put on the brink. I think it's like 100 million on the brink of starvation and tens of millions more have died of starvation as a result of lockdowns. So where are these, these genetically modified crops? Where are these things that we were promised would save us from hunger? More people are going hungry today than were last year, the year before, the year before that. Where are these genetically modified crops? Well, they only exist in the public relations and the legalese of multinational biotechnology chemical companies that tell you this is going to save water, this is going to save the trees, it's going to save the ground. They conveniently don't acknowledge that if there is any threat to the environment, it's from the incredibly over-usage 
of herbicides, pesticides, and insecticides sprayed indiscriminately over crops and even over major cities to prevent, you know, insects like mosquitoes from spreading quote-unquote disease. So let's spray toxic chemicals. They've done this in Florida. They've done this in New York. In fact, I lived in uh, New York, as most of you know, up until recently, just for a few years, where, where my son was living. And when I was in New York, I think it was like, it was like the, 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 the second year I lived there. It, it was right before I moved out to, to Bloomfield, New York, outside of Rochester, south of the city. And I was driving home one evening, and I remember I had the radio on, and they were talking about uh, these mosquitoes that were, that were really aggressive. And they were saying in some parts of New York that people needed, and this was just an alert on the, it wasn't like an emergency alert. It was just like an alert from a radio station. And they were saying, uh, you might want to be careful, stay inside tonight. They're going to be doing a lot of chemical spraying. And I looked it up, and uh, they were doing this in New York City too, J- just literally planes flying over and dumping chemicals on the city. And, and, and these, these, these types of chemicals, whether they're meant to kill mosquitoes or they're meant to kill certain worms or certain insects or certain things that eat crops, herbicide resistors, uh, that uh, chemical companies manufacture, the, the crops are meant to resist uh, specific herbicides that are patented and owned by the company. But what they don't tell you is that there are certain plants that they produce their own pesticides. So you don't have to spray chemicals. The company has a solution to spraying the chemicals. They'll just engineer the toxin into the plant itself. Think about that for a moment. When, when, when if, there's, if there's any threat to the environment, it's from pollution. And it's not from plastic. It's from the usage of chemicals. It's from detonating hundreds of nuclear weapons in the atmosphere and on the ground and underground and in water. It's from nuclear disasters like Chernobyl and Fukushima and Three Mile Island. That's where the majority of increased radiation, toxic uh, chemicals, toxic waste dumps, and all of this is being done by billion-dollar companies and financiers with big banks, corporations, with the approval, mostly, of governments around the world. We've seen the Carbon Major Report that shows 100 companies, 100 companies are responsible for 71% of GHG. That's 71% of greenhouse gases, roughly. It's it's, It's about three quarters of greenhouse gas emissions are produced by 100 companies. And people say, well, it's not the company's fault, it's, it's your fault, it's capitalism, because you're demanding these companies produce these things. Well, hold on a second. Greenhouse gas emissions, what's the biggest threat in terms of greenhouse gas emissions? They always tell you it's carbon dioxide, carbon dioxide, carbon dioxide, but that's not the case. In fact, NASA will tell you that methane is a more effective means of trapping heat in the atmosphere than CO2. And yet we're seeing all these reports I just saw one out of Reuters on the 10th of January. Listen to this. U.S. greenhouse gas emissions jumped 6.2% in 2021, according to a report. 6.2% from 2020 levels. And these coal-fired electricity emissions jumped 17%. Because 
of course, people are are utilizing these energies more. And of course, the transportation sector is seeing large inclines in emissions because people are driving more and traveling more again. And so you have two things here. You have one, because of lockdowns and restrictions and people being terrorized into staying home, emissions, generally speaking, especially carbon emissions, dropped substantially. So they claim lockdowns, quarantines, these things worked to prevent further climate change. And we saw this in newspapers in the UK, newspapers in the United States. What if we had lockdowns every two years to prevent a climate disaster? But then we find out, according to NASA, that although these lockdowns actually had a positive effect on carbon emissions, this is directly from NASA's website. The most surprising result of this particular study from the Jet Propulsions Laboratory here, reported on by NASA, is that while carbon dioxide emissions fell by 5.4% in 2020, the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere continued to grow at about the same rate as in preceding years. And yet, I've got a report here from Reuters and from the Washington Post and others that say greenhouse gas emissions rose by 6.2%. How can emissions in 2020 rise by 6.2% if they fell by 5.4%, carbon dioxide in particular fell by 5.4% in 2020? Well, it's all statistical gaming. It's all about the wording. Because here's the, here's the reality. Certain types of greenhouse gases actually increased with lockdowns. And it says on NASA's website, this is directly from NASA and the Jet Propulsions Laboratory and a study published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. They talk about nitrogen oxides in the presence of sunlight and how they can react with atmospheric compounds to create ozone, which is a quote-unquote danger to human, animal, and plant health. COVID-19 lockdowns, etc. caused drops in nitrogen oxides, which is a good thing, at least on the surface, because it led to a reduction in ozone. The problem is, by reducing NOx emissions... It benefits ozone cleanup, but it also limits the atmosphere's ability to cleanse itself of methane. And according to NASA JPL and this study, and according to common sense, and any reasonable scientist would tell you this, quote, molecule for molecule, methane is far more effective than CO2 at trapping heat in the atmosphere. And they report that As with CO2, the drop in emissions did not decrease the concentration of methane in the atmosphere because when CO2 levels dropped by 5.4%, the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere, quote, continued to grow at about the same rate as in preceding years before 2020. This is all in 2020. So in 2020, 5.4% reduction in CO2, but we still had the same amount of CO2 in the atmosphere. And in fact, it continued to grow at about the same rate as in 2019, 2018, and going on back to 2017, etc. And at the same time, there was a quote-unquote cleaning up the environment because of NOxes, nitrogen oxides. They cleaned up the ozone, but it also limited the environment from conducting its natural organic job of cleaning out things like methane, 
And as a result of that, methane grew by 0.3% in 2020, a faster rate than at any other time in the last decade. Because with less NOx, there was less hydroxyl radical to scrub methane away, so it stayed in the atmosphere longer. So contrary to popular belief and contrary to what all the climate alarmists and all the studies and all the news articles that are all over the internet, contrary to all the headlines, the reality is lockdowns, yes, they reduced carbon dioxide emissions by 5.4%, but CO2 in the atmosphere continued to grow at about the same amount as in any preceding year prior to 2020. And as a result of that, it altered the climate in a way that methane actually increased at a higher rate than at any other time in the last decade. It increased by 0.3%, and it is far more effective at trapping heat. So why do we always hear about carbon dioxide? Why do we not hear about methane? And how can Reuters, the Washington Post, and others claim that greenhouse gas emissions rose by 6.2% from 2020 levels in 2021. They can only claim that because the levels in 2020 were reduced because of lockdowns compared to previous years. So when they go back up to normal levels, they can claim, oh, it's rising by 6.2%. That's an enormous increase. Not really when you compare it to previous years. Let's keep things real simple. If, car- if carbon dioxide and greenhouse gas emissions are, 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 are 10 points every year, And in 2019, 2018, 2017, it was 10 points. But in 2020, because of lockdowns, they dropped to 8 points. But the carbon still existed and actually increased. Just emissions, just emissions were reduced. So it's 8 points in 2020. But then you can say, in 2021, they're increasing. Greenhouse gases are increasing in 2021. They're up to 10 points. That's a two-point increase from 2020. Yes, but it's also the exact same point percentage as in 2019, 2018, 2017. You see how it works? That's the way that statistics and graphs are distorted, and that's how reality is distorted. So yes, 6.2% increase in 2021 from 2020 levels, but 2020 levels were artificially reduced because of lockdowns. And all the lockdowns did decrease emissions of carbon dioxide by 5.4%, according to NASA and JPL, and according to the National Academy of Sciences, the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere continued to grow at about the same rate as in preceding years, and methane actually increased in the environment. And it has nothing to do with human activity, It just has to do with things getting back to some form of normal or some form of normal in relationship to what the emissions were for greenhouse gases in prior years prior to lockdown. You see how the deception works? It's just like last night on the show. We did a show called Heartbeat of History. And we've got Rochelle Walensky from the CDC. And she's on an ABC show saying that 75% of people who died of COVID-19 died of four comorbidities. And what she's saying is regarding a specific study about COVID-19 and death. And CNN and all these other news outlets now are saying that that information was taken out of context. And so what they did was ABC, whether they did it intentionally or not, releases a video where they cut out an important piece of context about the study and the deaths and the comorbidities. And then all the other news outlets pounce on that once 
people start to ask, what did she just say? Didn't she just say that most people are dying of comorbidities? So then the media says, hold on a second. That's not true. What she actually said was referring to a specific study, and most people are not dying of comorbidities, except in that particular study. And so CNN is able to say, 75% of people aren't dying of comorbidities. That's out of context. And they're right, it is out of context. So they've taken control of a narrative that has been manufactured in the media artificially. The problem is, they're right. It's not 75%. If you go to the CDC's website, and we posted this in the chat room last night, it's in my book, The Technological Elixir, it actually says 95% of all deaths, not one study, 95% of all deaths were attributed to four additional, that's four additional comorbidities. It was under three. Now it's up to four, and it was 6%. Now it's 5% are dying exclusively of COVID. And even those people that are dying exclusively with COVID, the CDC isn't really honest about whether or not they're dying with or from COVID. And not even in relation to comorbidities, in relationship to car wrecks and gunshots and things like that. It effectively dismantles the narrative of the pandemic. And it does it because statistics are being used to manufacture a narrative in the same way that greenhouse gas, gas statistics are being manufactured, uh, uh, altered and, and manufactured to create and to control a narrative. So yes, greenhouse gas emissions rose by 6.2%, let's say, according to this particular study, according to Reuters and the Washington Post. But that's because people are getting back into life. That's because people are driving more. People are, are, are utilizing energy. So yes, they rose. But that's in comparison with 2021, 2020, or 2020. Uh, the 2021 rise is in comparison with 2020. So the rise in 2021 in comparison with 2020 is not an honest assessment of where the climate is or greenhouse gas emissions are because 2020 was artificially kept low. You see what I'm saying? It was artificially kept low. So when they say, oh my God, it's exploding. Yes, but it's no different than it was in 2019. However, there is some element of difference. Methane has actually increased in the environment. And methane is actually worse than carbon dioxide. But they don't want to talk about methane. In the same way that chemical companies don't want to talk about herbicide resistors as much as they want to talk about pesticide producers because the pesticide producers produce their own chemicals, their own toxins, and they don't have the need to have thousands of thousands of gallons of chemicals dumped into the environment every year. When those chemicals are more responsible for environmental deterioration than some obscurely defined form of man-made climate change. When those chemicals, which are pollutants and genetically altered species are introduced, which are artificial, which are pollutants, I believe, that is what is causing what we could call man-made climate change. And, And man is certainly responsible. The geneticists are responsible. The chemical producers are responsible. The geoengineers are responsible. This is all an exercise in perception. It's all an exercise in how words can be utilized, single words, and even intonations of those words can be utilized. We talked about that with Charlie Robinson last week 
on a show called This Is Your Brain on Media. Intonation of words, how you phrase them, how you express them, how you say them, the tone of your voice, all of that matters explicitly in conveying an idea, and it especially matters when we're talking about legal things. It's incredibly important to know exactly what is being said, what is being furthermore implied, and how those words relate to what is being said and what is being implied. So the USDA has a new labeling law, and I'd like to tell you about that now. Foods that were previously labeled as containing genetically engineered, genetically engineered ingredients, or genetically modified organisms now have to be labeled as bioengineered. But since people have for so long been either unaware, you know, going back to the 90s of the flavor saver tomatoes, people have been so aware, uh, unaware of this that the general public is not only uninformed, they generally don't care because the argument at the end of the day is you, you've eaten these things for 15, 20 years and nothing bad's happened to you. Well, that's because we tend to view everything as a matter of mortality. You know, death and destruction and thousands of people dying, that must be the big crisis. Hundreds of thousands of people dying of COVID, 836,000 people died. Yeah, well, 600 plus thousand people die of heart disease every year. Nobody's trying to regulate the cheeseburgers you're eating. Nobody's trying to regulate the, the fat and, and coconut oil that you're eating. How many people died of heart disease last year? If it's any less than 600,000 or half a million, we know that they're taking those numbers and putting them in the COVID category. Those are people dying with COVID, not from COVID. They're dying of heart disease. It's all statistical. It's all psychological. It's all a matter of words, which is why they choose bioengineered. Because the few people who have an understanding of what a genetically modified organism is. And they've tried, like myself, to inform people to make informed decisions. And and they've written letters to companies and petitioned the government. And finally, this is now a law. The years and years and years of both legitimate information dissemination and, of course, fear-mongering and ignorant information dissemination, all of those things, including people's personal choice not to eat them, and informing people, hey, I don't eat these for one reason or another. All of that can, in effect, be made a moot point because no one's ever heard of a bioengineered food. We've heard of GMOs, 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 GMOs. So you can almost be guaranteed that the USDA's new labeling law for genetically modified foods was probably written with the assistance of a great deal of legalese involving people from the biotechnology companies who were like, GMOs have a really bad rep. Genetically engineered has a really bad rep. So let's make it bioengineered. Let's put that on the package. If we're being forced to regulate this or be regulated and a phone number and a QR code. So it's the responsibility of the consumer to reach out to find more information. And the consumer doesn't even know what a GMO is, but they've heard of it, and a lot of them are scared of it. So we need to put bioengineered instead, and that will probably buy those companies, those corporations, a couple more decades of people not being informed until they become informed of that and then realize, I don't want to consume it. Because I know that's what happened. I know that's what happened because I've been following this for years, and I know that that's what these companies have been arguing the, the lawyers and the PR people, they've all been arguing that if you put a label on a product that says contains genetically modified organisms, people will not buy it. 
And although I don't fully, you know, uh, completely agree with that because people will buy and eat anything. Like George Carlin said, Americans will eat anything, anything, anything. If you were selling deep fried raccoons asshole in a stick, Americans would buy them and eat them. You know, (laughs) and so, of course, people are going to buy whatever. But the company does have a point. People are for one reason or another, and they have a right to be concerned without any information. They're just scared of it. That's fine. You're scared of it. You don't want to do it. That's you don't have to. You have a choice as a consumer. We don't want to put GMOs on there because that will terrify people for one reason or another. So let's call it bioengineered. And that's what they've done. And in effect, they're, 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 they're essentially circumventing the last 15 to 20 years of research and public information awareness by using the word bioengineered. But it's still a law. Companies still have to do it, but now a lot of the responsibility falls legally on the individual to learn what a bioengineered product is, to call the number, and to scan the QR code. Do you see how it works? And it doesn't stop at plants, and it doesn't stop at heart transplants, it doesn't stop at pigmen, xenomorphs, chimeras, and hybrids is where this takes us next. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this, so please Don't go anywhere. Stay with the secret teachings. I'm going to tell you about chimeras, hybrids, xenomorphs, xenotransplantation, and more here on the secret teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email us at rdgable at yahoo.com and check out our website. If you go to thesecretteachings.info, you can listen to all the shows in the archive. It says free archive. If you click on the secret teachings there, you'll see a drop-down menu. Click on it. You can listen on the site there. You can copy and paste the RSS feed into a player or click on one of the numerous links from CastBox to Apple Podcast. It'll take you directly to the show feed. If you want the show without all the ads, you can subscribe to the archive. They get access on the website. You'll also get an RSS feed. You won't have the advertisements. You'll get a lot more shows than just the last couple hundred. And you'll also get access to the montages and the digital books www.thesecretteachings.info. Stay with us. More after this. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is TST Weekends. Search the show name and start listening today for free. If you want to avoid those annoying ads, subscribe to our ad-free archive with our oldest shows, a private RSS feed, our montage archive, and Ryan's digital books. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. 
If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. We must seize the means of production. Stop it, Vlad. You know the rule. No communism. Mama, if we just get rid of all these successful people, we'll finally be happy. No, honey, that just means we'll all be poor. Freedom-loving parents have long been left alone to shoulder the burden of educating their children and passing down a love of liberty. While there are a few books that teach these ideas to adults, there seem to be fewer that teach them to children. The Tuttle Twins series changes all of that, helping parents convey the principles of freedom to their kids in a fun way. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate link for the Tuttle Twins to get your curriculum and books today so that you can educate yourself and your children on how to adhere to the principles of liberty for all people. So if you have offspring and don't want them supporting socialism, then click the link and order the Tuttle Twins books today. Stalin has no stunning new achievements unless you consider killing millions of innocent people an achievement. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of the Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after lighting the void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Government funds genetic research at Area Hospital, yes, yeah, so? Pigman, baby, pigman. <laughs> about this pig man one more time. Hey, I'm telling you, the pig man is alive. The government has been experimenting with pig men since the 50s. Oh, would you stop? But just because the hospital's conducting DNA research doesn't mean they're creating a race of mutant pig men. Jerry, will you wake up to reality? It's a military thing. They're probably creating a whole army of pig warriors. I'll tell you something. I wish there were pig men. You got a few of these pigmen walking around. Suddenly, I'm looking a lot better. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening as we broadcast around the world, five nights a week, Monday through Friday. You can check out our full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. You can listen for free, although your archive will have advertisements in it. If you'd like to get rid of those ads, you can subscribe to the member archive on the site. 
In both cases, you'll have an RSS feed that you can plug directly into your podcast player to take the show with you, or you can just listen, like a lot of people have been doing, on the website in the embedded players. If you'd like to uh, grab a copy of one of my books, you can do that on the website. Check us out on Patreon as well for behind-the-scenes videos. And check out our water filter affiliate, Pro One Water Filters. Uh, I just received a notification from Pro One Water Filters earlier today about uh, about uh, the number of people that have been grabbing water filters. Uh, so that is that's wonderful, and it's not, not just for the show, uh, but for you as well. I really really appreciate that. I'm glad that people are going out and they're purchasing uh, something that is very valuable and very practical. It's Pro One Water Filters. On the website at thesecretteachings.info, it's the little slider bar at the very top of the page. You'll see it if you let it scroll through. Uh, The uh, shows we did, by the way, this week, Tuesday and Wednesday, The Art of the Con, Part 1 and Part 2. Part 1 is on the website. Uh, Whether you're a subscriber or not, you can download that show without advertisements. As long as you go to the website and click on where it says click to download, you can download that show for free, and there are no advertisements in it. It's a pig man is one of the mo- more iconic episodes of of Seinfeld. The, the government has been conducting these pig man experiments since the fifties. The funny thing is, you know, that's a that's a funny bit from Seinfeld, but it's also true. the 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 government, uh, or at least government agencies, uh, who knows, really, private secret laboratories, etc. The research for this kind of thing goes back into the 1960s, and it's probably going back into the 1950s. Since the 1960s, at least, researchers have been crossing quails and chickens. And in the 1970s, researchers merged mice and rats. We also know sheep and goats have been merged, as well as other species that have no relationship like spiders and goats or pigs and humans. And all of this has happened parallel to genetically modified Plants and genetically modified animals. Genetically modified plants that are proposed as being the solution to droughts and climate change, when in fact the climate is dramatically affected by herbicide-resisting plants because herbicide-resisting plants have to be herbicide-resistant to withstand the onslaught of herbicides and chemicals that are dumped on them that eat away at the ground and eat away at the environment and contaminate water, etc. So these companies say we've got pesticide producers that have the toxin engineered inside of the plant and that will prevent us from using chemicals so look we're actually saving the environment when although that is a good pr move you know to suggest look we don't have to spray chemicals anymore we can just engineer the toxin into the plant that whole that also has dramatic effects on the health of insects which they intend to kill with these pesticide producers and of course on animals and humans as it is likely the causation of Things like leaky gut syndrome, not entirely, but one of the causations of, of an explosion of digestive issues and allergies, etc., associated with a lot of these crops like wheat and soy, etc. So parallel to that is, again, the splicing together of genes of different animals and different insects and doing that not only within the animal and insect kingdoms, but also within the human population as well. This has been done since at least the 1950s. Uh, that, that, that line from Seinfeld, it's, it's funny, but it's, it's also very, very true that the government has been doing <laughs> pigman like experiments since the 50s. 
And it's not, it's it, like, again, it's, it's a joke in Seinfeld, but it's also very, very true. Oh, pig man, baby, pig man. If I have to hear about this pig man one more time. Hey, I'm telling you, the pig man is alive. The government has been experimenting with pig men since the 50s. The government's been experimenting with all kinds of chimeras and hybrids since the 50s, at, at, at minimal the 60s, likely the 50s, and probably even before that. God knows what the Nazis were doing in Germany. God knows what the communists were doing in Russia. We do know what the Chinese are doing today. Uh, they're merging together uh, three parents into a, a single child. They're genetically altering their soldiers to create super soldiers. They're doing that with vaccines and with other things like gene therapy. We know that the Chinese have virtually no bottom. They have no base. They have no structure as per what they will or will not do. There's virtually open regulation. They can do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it in terms of this kind of research. And it's, it's unlikely that the same doesn't exist in the United States in black programs and, and private laboratories. But we do at least have some standard of ethics here in, in the States. Doctors at the University of Maryland Medical Center had to get special access from the U.S. medical regulator to carry out a procedure recently on a man named Mr. Bennett who was terminally ill from heart disease. And as a result of being terminally ill with heart disease, the doctors had said he was ineligible for a human transplant of a heart. And so a pig transplant with approval became the option. And the doctors at the University of Maryland Medical Center carried out this pig transplant, this pig heart transplant, with Mr. Bennett. And they say that the pig heart wasn't just a pig heart. It was a genetically modified pig heart, modified to knock out genes that would have led to the organ being rejected by the patient's body. I'm sure he's still on immunosuppressants and things like that. But they're trying to reduce the number of immunosuppressants by genetically altering the animals that then they sacrifice and extract the organs from. These are called xenotransplantations. And many believe that xenotransplantation is the solution to people waiting on lists for critical organs. Surgeon Bartley Griffith, who performed part of this operation at University of Maryland Medical Center, said the surgery would bring the world, quote, one step closer to solving the organ shortage crisis. An article from the BBC says, currently 17 people die every day in the U.S. waiting for a transplant with more than 100,000 reportedly on the waiting list. Quite a few people on a waiting list. Not all of them are terminally ill or going to die, but if you are on that waiting list, it's probably pretty urgent. 17 people die every day on average waiting for these transplants. According to the National Health Services, blood and, uh, blood and transplant, nearly, uh, like it's like 500 people, I think, every, every year. Uh, on average, in two thousand, I remember in two thousand sixteen because I, I put this in my book, the technological elixir. I have a section on chimeras, 
and, and hybrids and merging different species together genetically. And I remember it's like 450, 460 people die, uh, died in 2016 waiting for organs. Uh, some of the people rejected uh, the organs that they did receive, and, and, and people still died. So you know, they might consider that as part of the people who died waiting for organs if the organs were rejected. But I mean, I mean the idea that you can save a human life through using genetic modification or genetic editing, genetic altering, by using animal organs. I mean, it's an admirable thing. It's worked for people before. There aren't a lot of people walking around with pig hearts and pig lungs and things like that, you know. Although in October 2021, surgeons in New York did announce they successfully transplanted a pig's kidney into a person, you know, because pigs are so similar to us. But this is the first time it's been done with a heart. Uh, So there aren't a lot of people walking around with pig hearts and, and pig kidneys. But what this means is that billions of dollars are being invested to save, in the United States, according to the National Health Services, about 500 people a year. Again, my question is always the motivation behind such excessive amounts of money. I do not believe that AT&T, Verizon, and all the telecommunication companies, T-Mobile, etc., I do not believe they have invested billions of dollars in fifth-generation technology just simply to tell China we're better than you or allow you to access Hulu or Netflix or some other streaming service and download shows faster. I don't buy that. They're not spending billions of dollars. These are companies that if, you know, AT&T, for example, which I just left, AT&T which tells their staff that if they're white, they're racist and they're bad and they're evil and they have to repent like Coca-Cola and a bunch of other stores do, uh, stores and companies do, I should say. AT&T spent billions of dollars for 5G to make my phone faster, they claim. Yet when I am overcharged month after month after month after month until I terminated my service, and had to call month after month after month, and had my service terminated inside my contract because I didn't pay things that I wasn't supposed to pay, and they couldn't get their stuff straight, I'm supposed to think that a little discrepancy over a $65, $75 phone bill every month, which causes such headache, such hardship, and to me, honestly, it's quite traumatizing at this point, dealing with companies like AT&T. I switched over to another company now, uh, over to I, I'm actually with Patriot Mobile. They're, they're, they use the Verizon Towers. It's it's a really good company, uh, and I have I have uh, actually I think better service now, and that's probably because the Verizon Towers. But they're arguing with me over sixty five bucks. I'm supposed to believe they spent billions to make my phone faster. I don't think so, and I don't think that companies are spending billions of dollars, and governments are spending billions of dollars to create technologies, genetically alter animals, and to do this to save maybe 500 people a year, or even to save 1,000 people a year who are on the organ transplant list. Now, I mean, the money that's being dumped into this, it depends on how you look at it, of course, because if it's collective, well, individually, there are universities that might spend millions on this research. There are government agencies that might spend millions on this research. But ultimately, the the money that's going into this, that's, that's supposed to create this this open climate for transplanting organs from animals into humans. It's all, it's all meant to save people who need organ transplants. But then again, 
how can that be the case when going back to the 50s and 60s, it wasn't all based on organ transplantation. It was based on crossing animals genetically. It was based on crossing different species together to create hybrids, to create insect-animal hybrids, insect-human hybrids, animal-human hybrids, to merge together human beings genetically in a laboratory without procreation, to create designer babies, to alter the body genetically so that it is more functional in certain settings for sports and things like that. That's what this ultimately boils down to. This isn't about saving a few hundred people. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't major universities and there aren't really, really talented, intelligent, technically inclined surgeons and researchers that sincerely, truly, honestly wake up every day and this is their life's work and they are literally saving patients by putting organs from animals into those patients and they have no other motivation because I would bet that there are hundreds of those people that work at universities, private clinics, etc. But I'd imagine that there are a lot more who are paid to create this technology as part of an ulterior motive, whether they're aware of it or not. I think that's the objective way to look at this. And the reason I think this so intently is because it's not just, it's not just, hey, a man gets a pig heart and it's a genetically engineered pig heart. It's that when we watch television nowadays, we read comic books, we, we watch movies and TV shows and we listen to music, we see underlying, and a lot of times it's not so underlying, it's, it's overlying, we see themes that are presented across a wide range of platforms, a wide range of entertainment. And we, we start to see that same theme, we start to realize, at least I start to realize, and I know a lot of you start to realize, that's why you listen to this show, and I'm grateful for that, that there's a pattern here. And that suddenly, overnight, it's literally like this. I go to bed, and then I wake up, and suddenly everybody talks about the Web3. And the Web3 is everywhere. And I'm reading articles about how people at Twitter and people at Facebook, they don't like the way the Internet's working. There's too much hatred on the Internet. There's not enough free expression because they censor it. And because of all these reasons and others, we need to have a democratic Internet where people can vote on what is allowed on the Internet, right? That's literally the Wall Street Journal reporting. Jack Dorsey wants to wants to be a pioneer in reinventing the internet. You mean the same Jack Dorsey that just bans people left and right and left and right for saying things that he doesn't like? That Jack Dorsey? The same Zuckerberg that just censors everything on Facebook that he doesn't like or that his handlers don't like? They want to recreate the internet? That just appears overnight? Same thing with the metaverse. The metaverse just popped up. I woke up one day and boom, there's the metaverse. It's something I wrote about in my book, The Technological Elixir. It's something that if I talked to people about it, they didn't believe me. They didn't think it was it was true. And then suddenly I wake up and suddenly I'm vindicated and everybody, you know, just looks at me like, oh, but it's okay because they said the metaverse is a good thing. There's safe places in the metaverse and it's, it's a safe place away from the horrible world and all these terrible things with climate and disease. We can just immerse ourselves in this extended immersive reality. You know, it's, it's a good thing. It just happens overnight. I don't buy it that it happens overnight. Uh, they, 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 they work the, or, the algorithms to publish this stuff across all platforms because that becomes the new narrative of the day. Whatever the new story is, whatever the new narrative, it is everywhere. And then a story like this breaks. 
University of Maryland Medical Center performs a pig heart transplant. And the heart is genetically modified. And one of the surgeons says that we can solve the organ shortage crisis with this type of technology and procedure. And maybe this surgeon, Bartley Griffith, is a kind, genuine human being who sincerely was trying to save Mr. Bennett's life and sincerely wants to help. Maybe that's the case. Probably actually is the case. But don't tell me that this research, that this technology, hasn't for 70 years, and probably before that, been used to create unnatural, ungodly abominations of nature. Don't tell me that this research, that this technology hasn't been used to create chimeras and hybrids and xenomorphs and lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. In fact, MIT Technology Review published an article in 2016 with the headline, Human-Animal Chimeras Are Gestating on U.S. Research Farms. It explains that human organs have already been grown and currently are being grown within sheeps and pigs. So it's not that we're taking a genetically modified pig heart and putting it into a man named Mr. Bennett at the University of Maryland Medical Center. We're growing human organs inside of sheep and pigs. Scientists are able to genetically engineer an animal without a heart and then put a human organ in its place. That's a lot different than a genetically modified pig heart being taken from a genetically modified pig and put into a human being who needs a heart transplant. Daniel Gary, a cardiologist who leads a chimera project at the University of Minnesota, they actually have chimera projects, said, quote, we have engineered pigs that lack skeletal muscles and blood vessels, end quote. That's what you would call an abomination of nature. That's what you would call the work of the devil, I think, if you were a Christian. They admit that the incubating of organs in these animals is, of course, ethically charged because it involves adding human cells to animal embryos in ways that would blur the line between species. According to MIT Technology Review, quote, By modifying genes, scientists can now easily change the DNA in a pig or sheep embryo so that they are genetically incapable of forming a specific tissue. Imagine the ramifications of that. We'll think about that in a moment. Then, by adding stem cells from a person, they hope the human cells will take over the job of forming the missing organ, which could then be harvested from the animal for use in a transplant operation. It's that first line that really gets me, though. By modifying genes, scientists can now easily change the DNA in a pig or sheep embryo so that they are genetically incapable of forming a specific tissue. Why that sounds so weird to me is that it kind of sounds like the ancient alien theory. It it, kind of sounds like Zachariah Sitchin. It kind of sounds like Anki didn't like humans too much. And Anki wanted to genetically engineer the humans to be inferior, to be a working class, and Enlil kind of liked the humans. And Enlil kind of wanted to see the humans survive. And so he gave information to the Sumerian Noah to allow him to survive the flood that Anki was initiating. Which is further interesting because Anki is also known as A, E-A. And E-A is interchangeable in 
baby names, and uh, I guess from what I understand, based on those baby names, the the interchangeableness of these names with certain words like Anki or A is interchangeable with Ihu, which is the new variant of COVID-19, otherwise known as a variant of Jesus, the antithesis of Jesus, which is the Antichrist. And it means God saves. So, the God saves Ihu variant of Jesus, the Antichrist, this new variant Ihu is A or Anki, the God that wanted to genetically modify humans to make them a slave species. And if you can modify genes, according to MIT Technology Review and Daniel Gary from the University of Minnesota, you could theoretically change the DNA in a human so that they are genetically incapable of forming a specific tissue, a specific uh, part of the brain, a specific, a specific organ perhaps, specific genetic features or characteristics. You could literally create a slave species, could you not? According to another BBC article, quote, the birth of half-human, half-animal chimeras. The mixed bag of animals from Greek legends certainly cannot be found in nature, but this has not stopped scientists from trying to create their own hybrid chimeras in a lab. This article details one of the first official chimera projects dating to 1980. It was in that year at Brock University, Canada. Janet Rosant published a paper in the journal Science announcing the creation of a chimera that combined two mice species. Quote, an albino laboratory mouse, Mus musulis, and a Ryukyo mouse, Mus caroli, a wild species from East Asia. This isn't just about organ transplants, folks. This is about creating abominations of nature. It's about breeding a new species, a hybrid species that doesn't have rights, perhaps, a hybrid species that is more akin to a slave species. This is about replacing the human race in the organic fashion with abominations of nature. It's not just a pig man. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Check us out at thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe to the show. Buy a book, support us, and stay with us. We'll be back. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available as TST Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the show name and start listening today for free. And if you want to avoid those annoying ads, visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our ad-free archive with some of our older shows included. You'll get a private RSS feed and access to the Montage Archive and my digital books. Subscribe today or listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info.
So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey there, this is Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The music tonight, White Bat Audio on YouTube. That's White Bat Audio on YouTube. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings. We broadcast five nights a week, Monday through Friday. You can find our full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Listen on the website and the embedded player or take the RSS feed that is posted there under the free archive. Put that into your podcast player or click on one of the numerous links to listen to the show. What we've done is we've monetized the show through those advertisements. So if you'd like to get an advertisement-free version of the show, you can subscribe to the archive to get access to all the shows, the montages, and my digital books only as a subscriber. You'll get access to an embedded player and an RSS feed as well. www.thesecretteachings.info If you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Check us out on Patreon, on Facebook at The Secret Teachings, on Getter, TST Radio, and on Gab. Ryan Gable or Secret Teachings should work on Gab as well. We just started Gab, and we just started Getter, but we are well-established on Facebook, the metaverse, actually. So if you want to find us on social media, those are the three platforms. You can email us there, message us there, or just shoot us a message on the rdgable at yahoo.com email. Xenotransplantation is the harvesting of animal organs, including those that are genetically engineered, for human subjects. 
In October 2021, a pig's kidney was successfully transplanted into a person, and in early 2022, just a few weeks ago or a few days ago, really, a genetically engineered pig heart was transplanted into a human subject. These technologies and techniques aim to assist those in dire need of organs, of which a few hundred die each year as a result of not being able to acquire those organs or as a result of their body rejecting those organs. But this kind of research goes back into the 50s and 60s when Cosmo Kramer said that the government has been on big man experiments since the 50s. You know, that's a funny clip from Seinfeld back in the 90s, but, but it's, it's also it's a lot more real than, than, but it's also a lot more real than it is, you know, comical. Government funds genetic research at area hospital, yes, yeah, so? Pig man, baby, pig man. <laughs> about this pig man one more time. Hey, I'm telling you, the pig man is alive. The government has been experimenting with pig men since the 50s. Since the 1960s, there have been experiments, but not just with pigs and men. These have been experiments of how to cross over, how to cross essentially genetically engineer two different species together. Since at least the 1960s, this has been done with quails, chickens, goats, pigs, sheep, and even spiders. Spiders and goats have been merged together by the same type of technology that is responsible for genetically engineered plants. The same type of technology that engineers toxins into plants as pesticide producers. The same pesticide-producing plants that are claimed to be the solution to climate change because they will prevent further contamination of the environment by herbicide-resistant plants that require large amounts of chemicals, which somehow are still promoted as being sustainable to the environment, when of course they're not. They are one of the major responsible elements for widespread contamination and pollution of the planet. Of course, you have to ask, why do we have the need to save the planet with these genetically engineered plants and crops to begin with? Why is the soil depleted? Why is there so much pollution? It's because of the same mindset in the same companies in some cases that are responsible for doing that that also come up with the solutions, which is why oil companies are like, well, we've got carbon capture programs now. We new technology to do, to do this and to do that. It, it, they're, they're the ones that are responsible for this. In the first place. So when you go back to the 60s and 70s, you find that this type of research has been done for a very, very long time. MIT Technology Review that we cited in the last segment, human-animal chimeras are gestating on U.S. research farms, an article that explains how human organs are actually being grown inside of the animal. It's not an animal heart taken and put into a human, even one that's genetically engineered. It's a human heart being grown inside of an animal and then being extracted from the animal. They're gestating the organs inside of the animal and then taking the organ out of the animal. And the paper says that by modifying genes, scientists can now easily change the DNA in a pig or a sheep and they can alter the embryo so that it's incapable of forming specific tissue. But what if you could create a genetically engineered embryo that was incapable of forming certain limbs or certain organs or certain centers of the brain, you could literally create 
not only a new species, but a species that is rendered effectively ineffective at being anything except an autonomous drone that follows orders, an autonomous robot that does nothing except what its masters command, a form of golem, if you will, creating a literal literal slave species. The technology would allow for that, and the technology exists for that, at least in its preliminary stages of what we can see on the surface and what we've known for about 50 to 60 to 70 years. The BBC has also reported the birth of a half-human, half-animal chimera. The headline, The Birth of Half-Animal, Half-Human, Half-Animal Chimeras, a mixed bag of animals from Greek uh, Greek legend, Greek mythology, uh, not found anywhere in nature. The first official campaign for chimera uh, development goes back to the 80s. In that year, at Brock University, Janet Rosent published a paper in the journal Science announcing the creation of a chimera that combined two mouse or mice species. A team of international researchers led by the Salk Institute also published a report in the journal Cell explaining their creation of a chimera much more recently. An article from National Geographic in 2017 explains the research. The Salk-led group, it says, took the concept of a chimera one step further, using the genome editing tool called CRISPR to hack into mouse blastocytes, the precursors of embryos. There, they deleted genes that mice need to grow certain organs. So they can do this. They can do this so that the mice, the, the animal, the, 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 the human, doesn't grow a certain organ, maybe doesn't develop in a way that would make them capable, capable of the same form of intellectual thought and, and bodily function that the rest of us enjoy, creating uh, essentially uh, a cloned slave species. When they introduced rat stem cells capable of producing those organs, those cells flourished. The mice that resulted managed to live into adulthood. Some even grew chimeric gallbladders made of mouse and rat cells, even though rats don't have that particular organ. It's one thing to merge two mice or two humans genetically, even to genetically engineer an embryo, but it's another thing to cross different species with each other, like the spider and the goat I mentioned in relation to genetically engineered crops. It's the same technology. Crossing over various insects with animals, various insects with humans even, animals with humans, humans with animals, humans with insects. This isn't just technology that is theoretical. This is technology, this is theoretical applications that have been tested and experimented on since at least the 50s, at minimal the 1960s. An abstract of a study published in the journal Nature in 1984 also talks about chimeras, and it comes from the University, or excuse me, the U.S. National Library of Medicine National Institutes of Health. In rodents, chimeric blastocytes produced by combining embryonic cells of two different species have been used in investigations of cell lineage and interaction during development. That was in 1984, and at the Salk Institute in 2017, the National Geographic reported what they had reported in the journal Cell, the same exact thing, but this was in 2017, targeting those blastocytes produced by combining embryonic cells of two different species, creating chimeric hybrids of these different animals. A joint U.S.-Chinese experiment also reported by Newsweek in April of 2021, very, very recent, resulted in the development of embryos that are mixed with human 
and monkey cells. The research was published in the journal Cell and is supposedly the basis for creating new methods of producing organs for people in need of transplants. It's always the transplant. Just like Neuralace and brain-computer interfaces, it's always about the paraplegics. It's always about the people that are crippled. And while some people working on these programs are probably doing it for that reason, their research might also be used for other nefarious things. There's a danger to this. This isn't just a one-size-fits-all, it's positive, it's good, it's love and light. There are dangerous precedences that are being set by these scientists, engineers, geneticists, doctors, and those that are in the media pumping this up without even understanding or reading first what they're reporting on. They just report it as it's sent to them. Just publish it as is and stick your name on it. There's a level of responsibility here that needs to be, that needs to be acknowledged. But most of this research isn't going on at the University of Maryland Medical Center where Mr. Bennett got his pig heart a few days ago. It isn't going on in New York where an individual received a pig kidney. It isn't going on where they're genetically engineering animals so that they produce organs that aren't rejected by the body. It's in the fine print, and it's in private laboratories, and corporate laboratories, and government laboratories, and military laboratories. It's in the fine print when you read between the lines and you realize if the technology exists to alter the pre-embryonic cellular development so that the mice, the rats, the animals don't develop certain organs, you can do this with humans as well. Because they're already saying we can use this type of technology, CRISPR in particular, to create humans that are superior in some way, shape, or form. That are superior in athletics. They have a certain color hair, a certain color eyes. Ultimately, chimeras and hybrids and this type of technology boils right down to the very, very base of what is called eugenics. Using this technology to breed not only an inferior species, but a superior species. One that has the right hair color. One that has the right eye color. One that acts and looks a certain way. Whether it's It looks like an abomination and is essentially an autonomous drone or one that is beautiful, one that is perfect by some arbitrary vain standard that can be created in a lab if you have enough money. So you can have a perfect child and only the ultra-rich would be able to access this technology. It's not just about creating an inferior species, but creating a superior race. Call it God's chosen people. Call it the master race. Call it whatever you want to call it. But eugenics being carried out once again through the guise of helping people who need organ transplants. Taking control of natural things, patenting natural things by altering them and claiming intellectual authority and property by claiming that you're trying to save the environment, you're trying to prevent drought, when the same thinking led to those droughts in the first place, when the same thinking led to those pollutions in the first place, 
when the same people sometimes, the same groups, the same organizations, the same corporations, the same governments, the same agencies led to the problems that you then need to offer solutions to fix that you created. Very convenient. A classical problem-reaction solution. Even if you didn't create the problem intentionally to offer the solution, you now have a crafty solution to deal with the problem that you created, which includes diverting attention away from what you've done by claiming that you have the ability to fix what other people have done by gaslighting the public into thinking that it's their fault for climate change, etc. And in the last segment, I mentioned that if you look around through entertainment, media, Hollywood, TV, movies, etc., comic books, you see that there's this pattern. This pattern of when you wake up one day, just things change. There's the Web 3. There's the Metaverse. I started to get into this in the last segment, and I wanted to save this to wrap the show up tonight. Look at entertainment. Look at reality television. Look at comic books. Look at movies. Look at TV shows. You wake up one day, and suddenly, there's TV shows and movies all about hybrids, all about chimeras, all about how humans are dirty and filthy and bad, and that there's a way to replace those humans with Things that are otherwise an abomination of nature. Crossing over the genes of different animals, insects, humans. Sure, it starts with plants, then insects, then animals, then humans. But it moves on to humans under the ethical justification that this is about saving lives. It's always about saving lives. We can save lives. But if they can alter the base pre-embryonic genetic structure of a developing animal or insect and they say they can do this with humans as well then they certainly can do with humans what they can do with mice in a laboratory and they can remove certain genes or they can add certain genes so that the human comes out looking something more like a xenomorph the human comes out looking something more like a monster Altering the brain through CRISPR, altering the body, maybe making the human stronger but dumber, maybe making the human more like a Neanderthal but just removing the intellect of the Neanderthal, creating what effectively is a slave species, an inferior race. Who would want to do that? Well, people that have a lot of money that want to create a superior race. They want to have the right color hair and the right color eye and the right type of skin. They want to look beautiful, like that Twilight Zone episode. The the beautiful woman was the ugly one. It's a really good episode. Everybody, everybody had like these you know, disgusting, grotesque faces. But it's not just about creating inferior creatures. It's about creating superior creatures. And ultimately, that is eugenics. Quite convenient that saving lives through genetically engineered pig hearts is ultimately rooted in the eugenics movement. And if you look at entertainment, you're going to see it in TV shows like The Masked Singer. Oh, it's just a fun TV show. Some people get together and they sing and they're in costumes. No, it's disassociating you from the singer. It's disassociating you from reality. Just like the other singing show that is is basically a a digital projection of the physical self being uh, uh, projected onto the stage from behind the stage. Same thing with the, with the TV show Sexy Beasts. Oh, it's a dating show for, 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 for animals, for, for human animals on Netflix. It's funny. 
people sit around, they drink their diet soda, they sit around, they eat their Cheetos, and they watch it, and they laugh, and they think it's hilarious. But you're being programmed to accept that as a joke. So when it's announced incrementally, man gets genetically engineered pig heart. No one's going to connect that to what was done in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s. No one's going to connect that to the splicing together of quail and, and, and chickens and goats and mice and spiders. And no one's going to connect that to the technology that allows one to alter the body before it becomes a body by genetically engineering the embryo, even before the embryonic stage has fully taken on development so that certain organs don't grow. Certain things don't develop in the body. Uh, The body itself develops abnormally through an artificial mutation, a synthetic mutation, genetic engineering, CRISPR, altering the brain. They can do this with the brain too. It's one of those things where no one's going to just one day decide to plug a heart from a, from a cat into you, okay? Or they're not, they're not going to just take like a liver from some random animal and plug it into your body. No one's going to just plug you right into the internet. It's an incremental process by which it, it's, it's a slow drip kind of a torture. Everything you do online, that becomes the digital avatar. That becomes part of the metaverse. That becomes part of the new Web3. That becomes part of the sub-reality that Samsung is building. That becomes part of the atomverse. Meta, reverse it. Atom, atom means to breathe. Breathing life into the golem. It becomes part of the golemverse. It becomes part of the artificial reality. Everything you do becomes part of that digital reality, and you become more and more obsolete. The obsolete man from the Twilight Zone, another good episode. Same thing with these hybrids and these chimeras. They create the technology, and then they release it to the public. We're going to use this to save a few hundred people a year who otherwise their organs don't take when they have the transplant or they can't get the organs. We can save some people. And a lot of the people that get the organ transplants, a lot of them don't live anyway, especially when they're getting animal transplants. It's because the body rejects it. It doesn't work. So they've said, well, let's genetically engineer those animals so that the body doesn't reject those organs. And they still need to take immunosuppressants, of course. But that's not really where the technology is. They, they, they say this every time the news reports something like this. It's always like the first time. But in reality, going back to that article from the MIT Technology Review, in 2016, that's five years ago. In 2016, human organs were already being grown in sheeps and pigs in big research farms, which I'm imagining looks something kind of like the hive in Resident Evil where they've got just lines and lines of Mila Jovovich, right? They've just got lines of Alice, just clones everywhere. Why would you create an inferior species? Why would you create an inferior race? Well, like Anki in the Sumerian legend, to control them, to mine for you, to, to do your bidding. Smart enough to do what you need them to do, but not smart enough to know how to to think for themselves. Strong enough to do what they need to do, but not strong enough to realize they can use that strength against their their controllers. And a superior race, well, that's just the holy grail, the master race. And an inferior race, the chosen people. Jews are God's chosen people. We all know about the master race. It's not much different. It's part of the way that humans function, poor or rich. 
want to be superior, want to be better. Part of the hierarchy of nature. It's part of the animal self. So they say, well, there's no reason that you should have a problem merging animals with humans. It's all okay. I mean, we're, we're animal ourselves. And that's part of the, the, the denigration and the demeaning and the demoralization and the anti-human behavior and, and, and policies that just make people feel like they're worthless. Oh, carbon dioxide. I'm worthless because I breathe. I shouldn't have kids and drive my car. And Reuters is like, we have big reports. There's carbon dioxide everywhere. Greenhouse gases are going up in 2021. Yeah, because they decreased substantially in 2020. But they're just going back to what they were before. And even as a result of that, carbon dioxide was reduced, but it stayed in the environment and actually increased in the environment, though emissions were reduced by about 5.4%, according to JPL, NASA, and the journal uh, that was, that was uh, published. Uh, what was it? The National Academy of Sciences Journal. And they said methane actually increased in 2020. But see, they don't tell you that the, the little statistical, that little, that little wordplay that they use, the, the little, the, the contextual information that's so important that they just easily circumvent by changing the word, by changing the direction of your perception. So you just suddenly, you, you, can't, you can't understand it anymore. It doesn't make sense because they've changed the rule by changing the word. They've changed the meaning by changing the word. A few hundred people die every year from having these, these organ failures and not being able to get their organs. A few hundred people. Tens of thousands are on waiting lists, but a few hundred people, according to the National uh, Health Services in the United States. So I'm supposed to think that since the 50s, God knows how many tens of billions of dollars have been invested in splicing together rats and mice, goats and spiders, quails and chickens, Humans and animals, animals and humans, insects and animals, and animals and insects, insects and humans. How many tens of billions have been spent on that just to prevent a few hundred people from dying every year? I don't buy it. I don't buy that AT&T and Verizon and T-Mobile and telecom companies spent tens of billions of dollars so that I can download an app faster, so I can stream you know, Netflix in high definition. I don't buy it. At the core of this, once again, is eugenics. The creation of an inferior race and the creation of a superior race. And conditioning the public to think that this technology is a good thing exclusively because it allows us to save a few people who otherwise are terminal and going to die if they don't get organs. And it's hard to get on that list and wait for that organ to come and it might not ever come and you're going to die. And even if you get it, your body still might reject it. So let's have the organs from the animals. No big deal. Let's have the genetically engineered organs from the animals to make it less likely that your body is going to reject it. No big deal. But what they don't tell you is there actually are large farms where they're growing human body parts inside of the animals. That's according to MIT. That's not according to Before It's News or Jimmy Church or David Wilcock or some con artist on YouTube. That's from MIT. Big farms where they're just growing human body parts inside of animals. I mean, that sounds like some kind of research that gray aliens would be doing, right? Sounds like something that, you know, would be going on at S4 or S2, right? Out in Nevada. Not something that would be going on at major universities. But it's all about protecting, protecting the human by, by allowing for the merging of the two species to create these abominations of nature to further demean the human race and create an environment that is ripe for the development of a master race that then takes complete and absolute control. I mean, that's, that's, that's been the whole argument of the 20th century. All the dictators, all, they just want a master race 
total control, global domination. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a tale as old as man. This is just another way it's being carried out by telling the public, look, this technology exists. We're just doing it to save some people who need organ transplants. You don't think that this technology is any different than what Jeffrey Epstein was doing in New Mexico, impregnating 20 women at a time and creating a genetically enhanced race of himself? That's just a billionaire with too much money. You know? Universities, uh, government agencies, black budget programs, uh, what do they call them, like like private laboratories, for example? What, what do you think they're doing without even sanction from government? It doesn't mean all the people working on these things are horrible people. I mean, I think that, you know, the, the surgeon uh, Bartley... Griffith, who worked on Mr. Bennett at the University of Maryland Medical Center, is probably a good person, probably has no intention to cause harm, uh, believes and, and, and believes rightfully that, that they're, they're saving somebody from dying. A new technology. But that technology is, of course, going to be used for other things. I'm supposed to believe that's the first pig heart transplant? No, it's the first genetically modified pig heart transplant. That's where the words get you again. And you look at these TV shows, look at the Sexy Beast and The Masked Singer and then Sweet Tooth. Remember the Sweet Tooth TV show we did a show on? And the whole Sweet Tooth show was about nature unleashing a plague, a deadly virus. And in the first episode, the old world has to be eliminated. A new world has to be built on top of the old world where hybrid children with animal characteristics are the heroes and the protagonists. Uh, The whole idea is based on some implied and misleading natural concept that Mother Nature is upset with mankind and therefore produces hybrid creatures in response, which is an abomination of nature that doesn't exist in nature, and if it does, it's a mistake. Genetically, it doesn't survive. This idea is implied and misleading because some of mankind, not nature, are today creating both what we call viruses and the rapidly advancing science of hybrids and chimeras. In 2021, a joint U.S.-Chinese experiment reported that this was... This was being conducted. They reported this in the journal Cell, and it was creating embryos with a mixture of human and monkey cells. If you can create an embryo with monkey and human cells, create monkey-animal-human-animal hybrids, then you can certainly do what they've done with mice, which they already acknowledge they can do in humans, to grow a human without certain body parts, without certain organs, and perhaps without the intellectual capacity to think which sounds more like the Sumerian story of Anki than anything else. And we get to all of this today because the USDA has a new labeling law for genetically engineered foods. It must say bioengineered. All the people that were concerned about genetic engineering, all those books and all those papers and all the stuff that we've talked about for years is just dismissed in the public mind like that because now it's bioengineered. And now you have to call the company to find out more information. It always is your responsibility. They didn't have a choice. They had to do this because these companies weren't going to do it. And they had to say bioengineered because these companies fought back and said, we can't say genetic engineering. People don't like that. So let's call it bioengineered. That'll buy us some more time so people accept it. Xenotransplantation. Sure, might save some lives. But once again, xenotransplantation, chimeras, hybrids, it's all another act of eugenics just under a different name. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for tuning in this evening, this morning, whenever and wherever you're listening. 
You can listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info. That free show archive has a player, or you can pl- uh, plug in the RSS feed into your podcast player, Apple, etc., or just click the link. If you want the ad-free archive, subscribe to the show. You'll get access to the ad-free archive with all the shows, more than the free archive, the montage archive, and the uh, digital books, all of that www.thesecretteachings.info or you can buy one of the books I'd recommend the technological elixir tonight because there is a section on what we discussed www.thesecretteachings.info check us out on Gitter, Gab and Facebook and Patreon for behind the scenes videos stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy it's not just about Pikmin we'll talk to you in the next broadcast time's up Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.